Today on Locked On Canadians, the Habs Rangers recap and our weekly three up and three down. Who's hot? Who's not? You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 987, which is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Laura Savile, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm not joined today, as I normally am, uh, by the wonderful Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Price. Scott has the evening off, uh, but it is Monday, so I will be doing three up and three down. I do have his thoughts. However, I requested his opinions for the three up and three down. And we're going to get into that a little bit later on this episode. And as you know, Locked On Canadians is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every day. It's Monday, three up and three downtime, but not before we talk about that Canadians-Rangers game. A couple of the players pointed it out, but we also know there is something about Saturday nights at the Bell Center with the Rangers in town. I don't think necessarily that it has anything to do with the original six thing. I think more that in the last, I don't know, decade and a bit, uh, it's the crazy things have been going on, you know, starting from that 5-0, 5-0 comeback, Kovalev and Saku and everything. Um, things just happen. Things just seem to happen for whatever reason, you know, um, Henrik Lundqvist would occasionally not be forget how to play hockey in the Bell Center on a Saturday night. And then in other nights, he would be completely lights out, um, you know, over the course of history. Like even uh, when I say history, I mean the last decade, even, you know, Carey Price has had some incredible nights. It's something about Saturday night with the Rangers in town. And last night was no different slash more of the same. And by that, I mean the Canadians coughed up a three goal lead again. But let's not get to that. First, let's talk about who scored. And this is really significant, right? We're going to talk about positives and negatives. Brendan Gallagher scored for the first time in almost two months. It's been almost two months since he's had a goal. Um, and that was huge, obviously, assisted by uh, Evans and Savard. Uh, but, you know, for Brendan Gallagher to contribute like that, that is massive. Also, Sean Monaghan with a goal uh, assisted by uh, Yassi Lennon. And then finally, Yoel Arbia scoring for the second time in a for the second time in a row, um, and that is also significant. Like, what does this mean? Well, for the last few games or the last few weeks, we've been lamenting the fact that if the top line of Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Yuri Slavkovsky is not going, the Canadians are not really getting that much support. Otherwise, you know, we're talking about like you know they have to figure out that second line, they have to figure out that third line, they have to figure out that fourth line. So there was some mixing up. There was some new looks, uh, or there were some new looks, I should say, and it did result in scoring. Like, in all fairness, it did result in increased offense, um, and yes, Cole Caulfield was significant at the end, in the in the shootout, but it was huge to me. What I thought was massive to me, sorry, I'm like, I'm still recovering from a cold, uh, so you'll have to bear with me a little bit. Um, but yeah, so what was massive, what was significant to me was they did not contribute 
uh, to the first three goals. And obviously, not ideal that the Rangers were able to come back from a 3-0 deficit. But, you know, it should be pointed out that the Rangers are a really good team. They do sit at the top of the standings. I believe they're still tied with the Bruins at the time that I'm recording this. Um, they're they're a good team. They've they're a team that we sometimes um, think that the Canadians could be like in terms of uh, they're sort of rebuilding on the fly. But I don't want to I don't want to get too married to that aspect of it because um, I feel like the Canadians really are on a path that. It's too easy to compare given, you know, it's Jeff Gordon. It's too easy to try and compare uh, their rebuilds or, you know, the paths that they're trying to take to contention or whatever. But the Rangers have some really good players. They have a fantastic team. They're at the top of the standings. Uh, they do they, they they do look dangerous a lot of times, a, a lot of nights, right? And they were able to come back. I don't I wouldn't say fairly easily. Like, I don't think so. I, I think they, they, they were able to battle back. And obviously the Canadians being not just the inferior team, but being a team that we know is inconsistent, uh, were, you know, did cough up the lead. It's not something new. We've seen this in so many games in recent times. We're going to talk about it, obviously, in the three up, three down. Guess which side it's going to be on. Uh, but I thought that Samuel Montembeau was the story of the game. He was phenomenal. I believe he made 45 saves between regular uh, regulation time and overtime. And then obviously he did not allow a goal in the shootout. Um, so he was the story of the game. But I did want to point out the scoring and the, you know, the minor changes that were made. Like, I think this game, there were also a couple of like, I felt, and you might disagree, but I felt that the penalty kill was quite quite a bit better uh, than we've seen it. So I'm not sure if the Rangers power play is great or not. I tried to like figure out from their stats, like how they've been, uh, how they've been, uh, how their power play has trended uh, since the beginning of the season. But I don't know. I thought it was okay. I, I felt like there was an, more of an effort there. There's a bit more inspiration there than I normally see. So, you know, lots of positives. Again, Brendan Gallagher scoring. The scoring coming from outside the top line, the changes that the tweakings that uh, Marty has done, uh, resulting in scoring, the penalty kill being better. Just did not love that they coughed up the lead, but to be honest, like it's not something that's new. The, the Canadians do it all the time, so <laughs> that's something that they're going to have to eventually work on. But Samuel Montembeau really saved them, really won that game for them. Uh, and in the uh, in the in the shootout, like obviously there's a couple posts that were hit, but. I think, you know, it's important that he did not allow a goal. And, like, there are a lot of, like, there are a lot of stats that show that the Canadians were able to keep up uh, with the Rangers in certain aspects of the game, uh, which I thought was significant. And I also felt that, I don't know if I'm just imagining it or if it's just because of the the, the way that, like, the the Canadians looked different in terms of like, you know, how they were playing uh, offensively. The defense also looked like it had taken some steps forward. Now, I don't know if that's just my imagination and I'm wrong, but um, the other thing too that we must remember is that it was Jonathan Quick. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's, 
we have to take everything with a grain of salt, but I, I really don't want to dump on the effort made because, again, there were changes made, which we wanted to see. Uh, the goaltending was excellent, which we also, we love to see it. We love we love this journey for Samuel Montembeau. Uh, and then new people scoring, that's great. Uh, Yoel Armia proving valuable, that's great for his trade value. Again, his contract might have a lot to say about it, but still. Uh, and coughing up the lead, not ideal. But overall, like, I don't think I can be all that disappointed in that game. Like, it was entertaining. It was a Saturday night at the Bell Center, right? It was entertaining. That There's not that much more to say about that game. Um, and so we're going to do our, or we, I'm going to do our weekly three up and three down. Like, if you look at our, our banner there, uh, I did have the down for uh, the down Sorry, the up first, but I'm going to do the down first because we like to end on a high note. And note that um, I did get uh, Scott's opinion on some of these ups and downs as well. And all that is coming up in just one moment. But there is one thing that I want to remind everybody about just uh, real quick. And that's Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever natural, national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And as for us, we are going to talk about our three down in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. How often do you scramble to find tickets because you found out a little bit too late that an artist or a comedian that you love is going to be in town? Or maybe you just have an inkling you want to go see a sports event of some sort. You didn't really think about it until it was kind of late and then you're scrambling to try to find tickets. This used to happen to me a lot. But now it doesn't because I know that getting tickets should not be as stressful as I just described. Because now I found out about Game Time. Game Time has flash deals and it is so easy to use. It is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Why do I say that? Because you can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you're at the game or the, you know, or the show or the event. And there's also all-in pricing with no hidden fees. So you get your total upfront. Like how annoying are hidden fees? Like they should, honestly, they should be illegal. And you can buy tickets in just seconds with just two taps. So be like me and take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create a lock, uh, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, it is time for me to do the three up and three down. And we usually say three up, three down. Sometimes in the banner, I put the, the up before the down. Well, we do the down first because we, you know, we don't want to end on a bummer. We want to end on a high note. And there's plenty of ups this, this week. So for the down, I have two things. I have one, coughing up those leads. The Canadians keep doing it. I counted in the last 10 games. I believe they did it like six times. Six times? Anyway. I try to like remember each game. like you know we cover this and we recap the games on the podcast every night but they kind of blend all together but they do like to do this thing they like to cough up the lead 
or almost cough it up. So I'm also counting when, let's say they were up by two or three goals and then the other team was like was able to tie or narrow down the gap to within one. I'm not a fan. Uh, I think the Canadians need to stop doing this, not just for me and my sanity, but also for them. Like, I feel like they are learning too much. And a lot of it is score effects. Every team does it, even the best teams in the league. Yes, they do kind of tend to uh, step back a little bit when they go up. And particularly when you score a lot at the beginning or the first half of the game, you kind of sit back a little bit. But the way the Canadians, they don't sit back. I wish they were just sitting back. They unravel. and. To me, that's a huge down. That is a massive bummer. I want them to stop doing it. We all want them to stop doing it. It it gets a little frustrating because it keeps it doesn't just take the wind out of their sails a lot. It also takes the wind out of the fan sails and it makes it like it makes it for a less enjoyable experience. It's it's not like, you know, if they're trading goals back and forth with another team and it's a high scoring affair, or they're not, and there's so many like almost chances, it's a low scoring game, but it's high, like there's a lot of, you know, scoring chances or high danger chances. You know, there's either great goaltending or near misses. I don't mind those. But when they go up and like they bring you like to a high and then they unravel and they just they they just deflate. Like they they, they, they make the fans feel deflated as well. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I just I find that the reason it's on the down list is because they don't seem to have figured it out yet. They don't seem to have been able to find a way out of this. They don't seem to have figured out what to do when the other team capitalizes on a weakness or finds a weakness. They don't seem to be able to take control back and they don't, they lose their killer instinct. And it often makes it feel like, I wonder if it was even there in the first place, right? Like you, like good teams, they are merciless. They have that instinct. And like people say like, oh, it's an intangible or not. No, it's, it's not. It's a skill. It's a skill. It's a mentality. It's an attitude. And it's a coach. It's a coach. Like it's something that a coach can implement or an organization can implement. You can't like, you can't just say, you know, this is, this is the way this team is. No, like every single athlete, professional athlete or elite athlete in the world only wants to win. There's no such thing as wanting to lose or accepting losses. It's just that they seem to not know what to do. And they haven't figured out the optimal way to kind of prevent prevent this unraveling from happening. I'm rambling a little bit, but it's just something that I get so frustrated with. Uh, I really, I, I just feel like they need to... It sounds cliche. They need to play a 60-minute game. They can't take their foot off the gas. And, like, they need to they need to be more... I don't want to say predatory. That has, like, that sounds extremely negative. That's not the right word. But you know what I mean. Like, they need to be... They need to be the ones with the edge. They need to be the ones with the upper hand in games. Like, you can do that even if you don't necessarily have the highest talent in terms of finishing in terms of offensive creativity even in terms of like you know they have like a weird kind of uh unknown defensive identity like you can still play with that edge you can still play with that killer instinct and you're not necessarily going to win every game but you're not gonna cough up leads all the time it just happens too many times all right that's one of them i only really have two um this time I also just I feel like the Canadians are just so inconsistent and I'm not just talking about coughing up leads like there's wins there's losses there's wins there's they're 
I haven't been able to discover, like, if you ask me, like, what is the Canadian's identity? How do they play? I can't really tell you because it's a different thing every night. And it's very easy. And people have been doing this. Like, they're just like, this, this team is not good. It's so easy to say that. And I'm not saying the team is good in any way. I'm just saying, I don't know how they play. Like, what is, what is, what is their style? What is their identity? What is their strong suit? What is any of that stuff? Like, I'm having a really hard time just kind of figuring it out. Like, if they were just abjectly bad and just consistently bad, I would be like, this is a bad team. Or if it was like, oh, the defense always sucks, I would be like, this is just this is just a team with offense but no defense, or the other way around. But it's not. It's like it doesn't have either, and sometimes has both, and sometimes has only one of them. Like there, there really isn't like to me like the only consistent player this season. That's not fair to say. To me, one of the only consistent players this season has been Samuel Moldumbo. Like that's like you know, and and obviously there's a lot of positives like you know Kane Gooley. Uh, things like that like Cole Caulfield seems to be finding it Nick Suzuki's always you know he's always strong no matter what Uri Slavkovsky has just you know become so good and so fun to watch and so reassuring to watch I think um, and it just like there's individuals where you're like okay like we can count on this person to play really well like when the Canadians eventually I'm sure they're going to do it call up Barbara Jacki it's going to be great. Um, you know, so like there's players like that where you can rely on them to turn out the same kind of performance. And then even David Savard, right? Like David Savard is pretty consistent. He is obviously oh, like playing a role that he's not necessarily suited to. Like it's, 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 you know, he's being asked to do too much, all of that, but he's pretty consistent. Like he's pretty reliable in that, you know, what you're getting when he's on the ice. Jordan Harris is another one. Uh, Kovacevic is another one. Kovacevic is another one. Um, but like, if, if you were like, like, you can't, you can't just say like, this team is a bad team. Like, that's not, that's not fair. You, and you also can't say this team is a good team. You also can't say this team is like, you know, run and gun or, you know, highly offensive or they roll three lines or like, I literally have no idea what this team is. And I watch it every single game. Like I talk about it every night. Right. Um, and I still like, I'm finding a lot of trouble kind of determining, where they're at or where they should be. And then finally, this is my final down, and it's not really a down. I think the All-Star Game selections for a couple of teams were a little bit uninspired. Uh, and uh, this is absolutely not to say that Nick Suzuki is not an All-Star on the Canadiens team. I just feel like there was room to invite Cole Caulfield, or there was also room you could really make a case to invite Uri Slavkovsky. Um, and I just felt that it was, it, it was not incorrect, but it was uninspired. Uh, so that that's the only thing I'm going to say about that. And again, like there might be things behind the scenes that we don't know, but for me, I just, I would have wanted to see something new and different. And again, you know, I love Nick Suzuki. We stand Nick Suzuki. We would die for Nick Suzuki. We love Nick Suzuki. We adore him. We would not let anyone talk any crap about him, particularly if they're coming down the other side of the 401. Uh, but they could have been more interesting and a bit out there. With that, All-Star. In just a moment, we're going to talk about the three up and we've got plenty of them and I have all of Scott's notes, but that's happening in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. 
The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet on the NFL, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It is the best way to find popular parlays and more. And it's not just the NFL. Everything is heating up. The NBA is going on. The NHL is going on. You can even, you know, like the All-Star game. There's just so much stuff to bet on. And like I said, the app is so, so, so easy to use. Um, And now is the time before the NFL season is over. Uh, And, you know, there's prop bets. There's all kinds of stuff. There's spreads. So right now, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, it is now time for the three-up. Now, I asked Scott earlier uh, for his thoughts on the three-up, and we mostly agreed. Uh, So, uh, Samuel Montembeau, for sure, uh, was, (laughs) uh, I think, a no-brainer for the three-up. Just the way that he's been playing generally, the way that he's played, like, really since dating back to last season. He's been so good and so consistent, so cheerful. His attitude has been great. He's kept the Canadians in a lot of games they didn't deserve to be in. He's one game single-handedly for the Canadians. Every time you turn around, you know, it's like, oh, he's made 40-plus saves again, right? He really, really... Um, I think deserves uh, all of the praise that he's getting, all the positive attention that he's getting. And I just, it seems like he's, he's a great player too, like off the ice as well. He seems to be like really like a big, huge, like a, a positive influence in the committee uh, on the community. Sorry. And he's the guy, you know, he's that guy that cheers for his teammates. Like he was cheering for Laval in the playoffs after he had long been an NHLer, right? Like I find that he is, uh, honestly, so deserving. He's such a great player. And like, obviously there have been, there's been some talk saying like, oh, he's really like, he's costing the Canadians a higher draft pick. But let's be honest, the Canadians were planning to try and be better than last year anyway. Like it's a pipe dream to think that the Canadians were going to pick in the top five this year as well. Uh, I think, you know, like we can relitigate the previous draft as much as we want. Maybe they should have made better selections when they had the opportunity. It's still possible that they can pick that low. Um, or that high, I guess, in theory, they can finish that low and pick that high. Like we're still in the middle of the season. Like there could be like a massive falling off the cliff or other teams can overtake them. But I don't think it's fair to say that, you know, Samuel Motobo is costing them anything. He's a guy who's just doing his best with the opportunity that he's been given. He's really rising to the occasion. And I have absolutely no complaints about Samuel Motobo. He's fantastic. Uh, finally, well, not finally, sorry. There's another one, obviously Lane Hudson. Um, uh, winning a gold medal. So obviously the USA won the gold. Canada didn't do well. Um, <laughs> we already talked about that uh, in our previous episode and Scott isn't here tonight. So I have told him that, you know, the statute of limitations on gloating was tonight. Uh, so, but Lane Hudson, honestly, like I saw, like, I don't even know, like it was like a Rangers fan or an Islanders fan or something like constantly complaining. Every time I said something good about Lane Hudson on the, uh, on the, on the, on our account. Um, and I just, I don't understand why he has naysayers and haters. Like I thought he played fantastic and honestly, it's not his fault that team USA didn't play him more minutes. They could have. And I like, like 
honestly, I got so excited watching him for the future. I was like, this is like as bitter as it is to watch the USA succeed. Uh, personally for me, obviously Scott's American, but I don't know. I think, I think he deserves an up. An honorable mention is going to go to Uri Slavkovsky because I thought there was a lot of positive, um, like progression in his game. Like I know we've talked about how good he's been lately, but even this week, there were a lot of little things that I saw uh, that showed his intelligence and his instincts for the game. Like, uh, and like I, I called him reassuring in a previous segment. Like, it's interesting that, you know, a player that was giving us so much anxiety, I would now like wholeheartedly describe as reassuring or reassuring presence or a welcome presence. And I do think that his linemates are bringing out the best in him. And I do think, you know, had he been paired with Kirby Doc, if Kirby Doc was healthy, Kirby Doc also has that ability to bring out the best in him. But I do think a lot of it has to do with, you know, whatever was going on in his head. He just kind of, he drowned out the noise and just started getting back to what made him such an intriguing prospect for the Canadians in the draft. And then finally, uh, the final up. This one is, it came from Scott, but it gives me so much joy to relay it. It is Arbor Jack guy. He's got points in his last six games and he's playing so well. I obviously want him to play on the Canadians permanently. Uh, and, you know, until he eventually gets traded by a GM who's going to pay way too much for Arbor Jack guy, who, you know, at the time will be like past his prime is that's, that's my prediction. I do think that he's phenomenal. I think he's fantastic. I think, you know, without complaining, he's really been such a big contributor in Laval. Like, he's really made an impact on that team. He's really um, ingrained himself in that team. Uh, really, his teammates love him. And that was the case here, too. That was the case in Montreal. It's truly, like, I just, I simply cannot wait until the day that Arbor Jackai is a Montreal Canadian until the end of the season. Uh, and it's happening. And so those are the three up and three down. Like this is a little bit of a shorter episode than normal today. Uh, it's simply because <laughs> I am talking through this cold and I cannot imagine that it is that pleasant listening to me. Later on in this week, we are going to talk a little bit more about World Juniors. Owen Beck was traded. Um, we're going to look ahead to some fun stuff coming up. Remember, our 1000th episode is really, really soon. Uh, and we've got so much stuff planned. Like there's so much draft stuff that, that starts in January. We're going to be talking to so many people. So please, please, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. You can find us anywhere on social media. Scott is at Scott Matla. I am at The Active Stick. You can send us emails to LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also leave comments in the YouTube. You can also leave mailbag questions in the YouTube. Just write MBQ, uh, mailbag question or something like that so that we know to bring it up. Again, we're at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. You can DM and reply to us there as well. I also will accept, you know, on any of my social media, I will accept mailbag questions. We got a great one from Randy Hansen actually about the PWHL. Um, and he asked if the tickets at Place Bell were uh, good value for money. They're actually like super cheap. And Place Bell, as you know, is a fantastic venue. It's great. If you live in Montreal, you haven't been to a Laval Rocket game there, well, make the PWHL your first Place Bell event. Uh, honestly, the game, like, it's, I think I saw it was like 25 bucks a ticket. It was, it's on, my friends and I are going, you can get four game packs for under $100. It's so good. And like, Place Bell is so easy to get to. I, if you've never been, I do not advise you to drive there. If you are anywhere on the island, you can get there by metro. Like, honestly, that's the best way to get there. And I believe if you live in Laval, there's a shuttle from Centropolis, if I'm not mistaken. But, like, parking there is awful. It is a nightmare. 
And every single time I have driven there, every single time I have yelled at myself for driving there because I know what a nightmare it is and I've been late for park drop because of parking. So take the metro or, you know, the bus or the, the shuttle and see the PWHL because, like, you're literally seeing gold medal, Olympic gold medal winning Canadian superstars, like historic players, play for like 25 bucks at Plasbell, which is a great venue with like great concessions. Um, you know, it's pleasant. It's got like, you know, it's, it's well ventilated. It's, it's not an unpleasant place to be. Um, so do that. So that's to answer Randy Hans's question. Um, and in the meantime, we will obviously continue to cover Montreal's PWHL team. Like it is truly something so exciting to see, you know, Montreal have a team that we can truly get behind and that has like, you know, chances of excellence. Um, and like I said, subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, email us, send us mailbag questions, follow us on, on all social media. Uh, and in the meantime, before I let you go, I'm just going to remind you one more time that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Logged On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go on Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Thank you so much for listening. Scott and I will both be back tomorrow.